This is from Mark 10, verses 17 through 22. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will then have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is our first Sunday of Lent. We are starting this journey, and I hope you noticed the banners that we have around the building. They are going to be up during this season. I hadn't mentioned them all morning, and I got to thinking, I hope somebody noticed those, right? Um, today, I want to start with the, talking about questions. The man in our scripture today asked the question, but um, it was sort of a loaded question, right? So often people ask us those kind of things, like, um, has she done her part of the project, right? I'm hearing, why do I have to be part of a group project in there? Another one that we've used with our kids is, do I have to change my clothes? <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Um, the, uh, another one is, will that be on the test, right? <laughs> Which I hear, uh, do I have to study? Is, are the answers in the back of the book somewhere? Do I really need to be, there's so many questions. Do I need to be paying attention? <laughs> on face value, these are legitimate questions, but they, uh, they have defined answers. But the question often is simple, yes. Yes, you have to pay attention. Yes, you have to change clothes, and I don't need to tell you why. Yes, you have to uh, be thankful you did your part of the project. Because that isn't really the question that the person is asking. So, uh, Pastor Charlotte looked up the definition of an ulterior motive, and it is defined as a secret reason by Merriam-Webster. So, by definition, the reason for the question is concealed. When was the last time somebody asked you this kind of question where you knew that there was an ulterior motive behind the question? Lent has arrived, and we, as Jesus followers, are called into this season of honesty and self-reflection and discernment. We are on the road with Jesus to Jerusalem and ultimately to the cross. Our only hope of making it is if we stick together and we lean into God's grace. 
With the ashes from Wednesday still fresh on our forehead, we need to be honest and peel back the layers that hold us from being our true selves. This uh, gospel from Mark, maybe rather than us reading it, maybe it should read us. So we enter the text today with this man who has a secret reason for asking Jesus this powerful question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And what we're hearing him say is, am I okay with God? Right? And so Jesus gives this great kind of two-part answer. Um, Jesus, uh, anytime a question has ulterior motives or is even sort of tricky, we have choices to make. When, when they say, do I really have to change clothes? We can say yes, and I don't want to tell you why, or you should know why, right? We can be snarky and difficult when we have the answer to the question they didn't ask. Another way we can respond is just to, you know, give them only what they asked for and not reveal anything else, which is also infuriating. Or, as often we do, when someone frustrates us, we could walk away and not answer the question at all. But Jesus doesn't do that. He is curious. He's trying to figure out what's going on with this man that he's worried about his salvation, right? And so Jesus says, God is good. And he gives him this very simple answer. God is good. And, and then he summarizes the rules of the faith. Here are the Ten Commandments. Here are the things you've already been told that you know you should do, right? And so the man's like, whew, I got this, right? I follow all those rules. I am a good and faithful person, right? And then Jesus gives him the second phase of the answer to his question. He says, it says in the scripture, he looked at him, he loved him, and you know the rest. He said, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. Well, now this part was a little harder, right? Last fall, when we preached on the disciples, we talked about all of the people that put down what they were doing, said yes, and followed Jesus, right? But here we have a story where this man is offered the opportunity to follow, but he doesn't say yes. He goes away humbled. Why? Because he has many possessions, he is worried. Now, we, give, we have to give him some credit for asking the question, what do I need to do? And so he clearly has a heart that he wants to do something in order to make sure that he is in good graces with God, but it seems like he's really looking for those answers in the back of the book, right? That shortcut. And so he doesn't have to do what Jesus calls him to do. Uh, when we were talking about this series for Lent, which we actually started uh, during Advent, we, uh, the, the book that we've asked all the Sunday school classes to use uses the phrase, come unto me. What's well, a beautiful phrase, a good uh, King James language, come unto me, but it's very passive, come unto me. Jesus says, come hang out with me. 
It'll feel good, right? Come hang out with me, come unto me. And when we're talking to Hannah about the graphics and everything, we realize that this follow me is the better title. Because not only is it an invitation to be more intimately connected to God, it has a little element of challenge. You're not just coming to hang out because you've got a job to do. Follow me into the kingdom. Follow me into the lives of people. Follow me into hearts that break for the things that break God's heart. So I was talking to Pastor uh, Irma about this invitation and this, and she told me this great story, which has your husband in it, Mary. <laughs> so Duane used to drive the kids to camp for us a lot, and Camp Egan is in the hills between Tahlequah and Arkansas, and it is hard to find. And uh, so we had three vehicles loaded down with you or children and luggage, and I don't know if you, we still have it, but we had the cloud mobile, right? You can't lose that vehicle. It's a big vehicle, and it's covered with clouds. And so Laura is driving the first van and uh, Irma says, I don't know how to get to Camp Egan. And, and Laura says, that's okay, follow me, right? So the caravan with their three vehicles, Laura in front, Dwayne in the middle, Irma in the back. And you know how it is when you follow someone? I did this yesterday. My son was following me to the Glenpool Conference Center. He didn't know how to get there. And I, and I said, just follow me, right? And then I went through a yellow light. And then I lost him in traffic. And then I called. And of course, he didn't answer the phone. And so the following me can sometimes get confusing and we lose our way and we don't have good communication and we can't see where our, we're going. So the three of them head off in this caravan and they come to a place where Irma gets behind because of a yellow light. And then when she catches up, she catches up with Laura, no Dwayne. Where did Dwayne go? How do you lose someone in a giant bus covered in clouds, right? So where is Dwayne Header? Dwayne, we don't know. So they pull over and they talk about it. Should we go back? Should we go forward? What do we do? And they decide that Irma would have seen Dwayne between her and Laura if he had broken down, right? He's carrying the bus with the kids on it. We would have seen him. So they decide that they're going to just go on and hope that Dwayne shows up at Camp Vegan. Well, guess what? They get to Camp Vegan. He's already there. <laughs> and they said, what happened? He said, I knew a shortcut. He never intended to follow Laura to Camp Egan, right? He ditched her as quickly as he could. And he beat her there. But I think that often we say to God, I know a better way. I've got a shortcut, right? This man in our story today, he wanted the shortcut, right? He didn't want the longer journey. He didn't want to have to follow. And we were, we were so thankful for Dwayne and all the many times when nobody else would drive the kids that he would. But when Irma told me that story, I said, I am telling that story. It is perfect for the sermon this week. Our book that we have chosen for Lent is written by a man named James Harnish, and it's called Making a Difference, Following 
your passion and finding your place to serve. We are asking the Sunday school classes to dig deeper into this concept of Jesus calling us to something. The reality is that we are all gifted and graced in different ways. We don't all get called into the same thing. And so there are three steps that he identifies in the book. And the first one is remember who you are. Your identity comes from your baptism. If you remember when Jesus is baptized, the Holy Spirit descends and the voice says, you are my beloved. With you I am well pleased. So all of us, everyone has been baptized. You have this claim from God on your life. You are beloved. You are claimed by God. That is who you are, your identity. And the second one, reclaim your mission. We are on God's team. We are to bring about the kingdom of God here on earth. That is an active call. Once we say yes, we will follow, that doesn't mean we're done, right? I love the anthem and the language of what should we be doing, right? To walk humbly, to seek justice, all of those things that we should be doing. The banners we have hung for Lent, the service of worship has ended, but our worship through service begins, we go out to worship God by serving God's people. Isn't that beautiful? And then the last, oh, I went too far. The last one is renew your vision. So um, we have freedom to look around with our eyes and our hearts and our ears and to find the places where we know that God's heart would be broken. Where are the hurts of the world and what are the gifts we have to do something about that? Last night, my other church, Living Water, we had our trivia night because I had a woman who came up to me who's part of my church. Elaine Shirley, who goes to faith, she said to me, you need to meet Edna Biggs, a woman that I taught with, a retired teacher. And so Elaine's gift was connecting people. And so she invited us to lunch, and Edna's been part of Living Water ever since that day. And so Edna, about three years into a church that's only six years old, said to me, I think that people need a way to provide for themselves with dignity, and I want to start a thrift store. And I want, instead of paying $4 at Goodwill, I want them to be able to get something for 50 cents or a dollar, just so they have the dignity of providing for themselves. Well, I said, well, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't know that that's such a good idea. And Edna, Edna got a team together and she made us all drive to Shakota and look at their store. And I had a choice. I had to say, do I get out of the way of the Holy Spirit working through Edna? Or do I say to her, I don't think that's where we need to go, right? And so I decided to get out of the way. And so now, this little thing was a few people donating and a few, few people volunteering and taking up a couple of classrooms has taken over the church. <laughs> we have volunteers and we have customers who thrive on being part of that community. We have some that make tamales and salsa and sell them to each other. I mean, it's just this crazy thing. And it's beautiful 
It's a beautiful place to know God and encounter God and make a difference in those who have so little. And so I ask you to renew your vision. Maybe you've gotten in a rut, or maybe you're tired, or maybe you tried doing something and you got discouraged. Renew your vision. Look at your gifts. Where are your passions? Where are the places that you can make a difference in the world? The best words that you will ever hear from Jesus are follow me. And the hardest, most challenging words that you will ever hear from Jesus are follow me. They are the words that will finally be the answer to any question that we ask. So come, let us welcome this call from Jesus as he turns to each of us and says, follow me. Amen.